right, all right, all right. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League Podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? I lifted my wounds a little bit after uh, week one. I failed to score 100 points, and uh, confidence is at an all-time low Yeah, you know, I was was thinking about that. I, I hate, I hate just trashing you for the sake of it, especially week one. There's so many variables, all the unknowns. Like you said, coming out of the draft, this is when we're all proven wrong. But if I had to give you a letter grade, I'd give you a D. <laughs> I mean, that's just for week one, though, right? Like, <laughs> like the, the draft is still okay. No, like, I just mean as a human, I think. Oh, oh. Yeah, 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 I mean, that, that, I appreciate that. That That's how I feel. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, at least I know yeah, I'm not lying to myself. I, I like, might, you know. I might be speaking out of more bitterness than I than I was willing to <laughs> admit. Now, it, it was a tough week. It was a weird week, uh, and uh, like it was weird. It was weird on so many different levels, and there were a bunch of upsets and a bunch of failures. I would say, and just it was weird. So I, I felt like it was a week that was dominated by the like top five wide receivers, uh-huh. but like everyone knew they they were the top wide, five wide receivers, and then they came out and. Yeah. Acted like they were the top five wide receivers and they crushed it. And so it was it, a, yeah. a week of have and have nots. If you didn't have one of those, you were in mm-hmm. uh, rough shape. Mm-hmm. And if you had two of them, you scored the most points in the league. Yeah. So that's how it that's, went. That's the way it went. And so, running backs overall underperformed. Uh, projections were way off. Ooh, it started with an S, though. And the, uh, uh, I mean, we can go into head to heads and talk about individual performances here in a little bit, but overall, I expect this week to be hopefully. I really hope it's a relatively low average score week. Uh, we did have some outliers on the other end of the spectrum, however. Uh, some teams came out out of your, uh, I don't know, C and B range. Uh, some teams came out into monster performances. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tip my hat to Scott right now. What a week! As well as, of course, Charles, but still, you know, licking wounds from previous losses to him year after year. So, uh, but those were very impressive inside what was otherwise a cold week, I would say. And I, I am sorry that you did not reach the 100 point mark of shame that we all try to uh, pass each and every week. Uh, my, uh, uh, I, I wasn't too far off myself uh, and I got lucky. So, so as we are looking at our wounds and um, uh, and such, we thought it would be good to bring on a, a guest with us yeah. this week who can, who can join us in our misery. Yeah, he, um, he also just barely scathed past that hundred point mark of shame, and uh, at, at the at the final hour too. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chris Chewy Clark, former league MVP and winner, former friend of mine who absolutely trashed me in a certain video and now a professional acquaintance charles i'm sorry chewy welcome to the show <laughs> i'm glad that uh, i get to join the show for the sole purpose of being just as bad as the two of you this week <laughs> well That's truth exactly be told, why we had you in the air truth be told we tried to talk to all the winners first and they they declined because of the uh, the podcast the bad curse. Juju, yeah yeah, so so we were we were left, you know, like just going down the list. You were literally the last choice uh, for for this week, but 
Um, hey, well, I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, it's <laughs> so only up from here. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, if the if the podcast reverses the, the, your fate, then uh, we we want to all be in this together because we are we're at the bottom three of the lead right now. And uh, so, yeah, we're we're going to try to reverse our fates together here and talk about how how bad our teams were. Yep. Excellent. I'm happy to be at Peter's <laughs> Pander Party. Welcome uh, to Peter's Pander Party. Now, so both of you scored less than two thirds of your projected score. I mean, y'all were nearly fifty points off each direction. Comment, Chewy. Go ahead. What? what let's, let's, let's talk, let's talk about. I, I, I talked about. I talked about my team plenty on, on this. So let's let's talk about. Let's talk about your team. What? What? Well, do you, well where, where, where do you feel? Uh, where do you feel things went wrong in week one for you? Oh, where do I start? Um, well, first, let me read this uh, statement from Alan Robinson that I'm sure is 100% accurate. Uh, he says, "All summer, when Cooper Cup and Stafford were having breakfast, I was." I kept trying to join them, but they made me sit by the garbage every time. Then they'd throw scrambled eggs and sausage links at me and chant, egg boy, egg boy. I thought it was just them. It was just team bonding. But now I realize that they were laughing at me, not with me. <laughs> uh, Alan Robinson being egg boy and getting what, three targets on the day yeah. is absolutely uh, insane. I, I know I did this last year with Robert Woods too, banking on the second receiver in a team that's a high volume offense that runs 11 personnel almost all of the time surely this guy is going to get some targets and then no uh, Matthew Stafford locks on to Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup has a good day but then Stafford has a uh, pretty miserable fantasy day too so really the Rams offense and having shares in all of the wrong places uh, really hurt despite playing a team that started Cam Akers Uh, that's that's salt in the wound of uh we had all of the wrong rams players on our collective teams and somehow that was worse for me than the guy that got zero points out of cam acres to make it worse i I had a start sit decision between cordero patterson uh and the jets running back that i paid too much for uh because brian wanted to uh bid me up because we were both desperate for running backs uh, and then you have a timeshare in New York and then Cordell Darrell Patterson, uh, looks like he's not 31 years old at all and has his best rushing day in his career. Uh, and his 22 points are on my bench. Uh, a, a couple different things go uh, a different way in the start sit decisions. And I'm not the least efficient manager Then I maybe can squeak out a win and not be on the podcast this week. <laughs> Is that? Is, I think that's probably the Fair, tightest summary yeah. I can give of yeah, every single thing quite, that went wrong. That's quite good. Yeah. Now, I I don't I don't know what Robinson's snap percentage was, but I just remember watching Twitter freak out because nobody could see him, nobody could find him. Like, where is he in the locker room? Where is the man? Saw, oh, oh, he was saw, he was uh, out there. Yeah, I saw a highlight video of like all his routes, and there were several where he was wide open, oh. but. <laughs> Uh, Stafford was never looking at him. I mean, the, the, he had a couple of rods, you know, I think a lot of wide receivers do where you look at him and it's like, are you even trying? Because they kind of just like jog out there and they just kind of like wander around. And, uh, it's like, you're, it doesn't look like crisp, you know, like, are you really giving it all your, your best here? But, uh, he had several where he, he got out there, made some good cuts, you know, found a, a hole in the, the zone or whatever. And was just like camping down, no one within seven yards of him. And you know it, it, it's the 
the camera's focused solely on Robinson. So you don't know what else is happening with the rest of the play, but it's like, come on, <laughs> he should have had more than two targets. Uh, but yeah, Stafford is just totally locked on, on cup. And I haven't heard as much about the, the, the breakfast narrative um, this season, the last season, but uh, I, I, I guess that must still be going on. And uh, maybe it has even amplified um, to, to now the, the, you know, the new signing uh, Robinson is just totally out of the, out of the breakfast club. You have to get the avocado toast with Stafford to get the targets. It's just, it's just the rules of the game. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll learn now this week. And have a, but what a uh, sad narrative. A even, even if it is just strictly, you know, pointed hyperbole, that, there's a lot of pain in that. Egg boy, egg boy, like that. What a, what a gifted writer. <laughs> like he's expressing uh, some deep emotional hurt in there. Poor guy. I, I can't describe the depths of of pain of having two number two Rams receivers back-to-back years that you're sure this is, this is going to work. This is going to be great. I'm going to get a great value on this guy. Everyone else in this league is stupid for, for not paying this to get this guy on their team. And then to watch the, the target share just be absolutely miserable two years in a row. Uh, I like what's happening. I, I read Peter's, uh, first power rankings and it hurt me uh though i was ranked i think probably pretty appropriately uh his on-brand statement for me was uh dress guys at great value that nobody else wants (laughs) and i I was uh, simultaneously proud i was like yeah that is my strategy and then the more i thought about it the more i thought oh no that is my strategy that is exactly (laughs) what i do Uh and Sometimes it's worked out for me quite well, and other times you end up with uh, Robert Woods and Alan Robinson. Yeah. Well, to be clear, and in, in in your defense, Peter's saving grace this week was Jonathan Taylor. There, there was a uh, you know almost point for point comparison between the two of you. He had a, a better running back performance. You kind of made up for that in your flex in, in Mike Evans, but uh, ultimately Pete just as well could have received the golden poo and we'd be sitting here and talking about his inefficiency. And so Pete, I'm curious, do you mean what you say in the power rankings, which that was the one that actually made me spray coffee uh, when I was drinking and reading at the same time. Uh, do you actually regret your team? Cause I'm looking at it and I still see these players and I'm like, yeah, I targeted him. I wanted him. I would have taken him. Do you still, do you actually regret your team? I, I, I don't regret my team. I feel much worse about my team now than I did after the draft, just Why? because like Dak is injured. So now CD lamb doesn't look like he's going to be as strong as I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. James Robinson came back for Jacksonville and played way more than I thought he would off of an Achilles injury. So now Travis Etienne doesn't look as good as I thought it'd be. I liked Isaiah McKenzie, but he like rotated snaps in the slot for Buffalo instead of having the full-time job. Uh like Hunter Renfro, but Devonta Adams got 17 targets compared to Renfro's six. So it's like all, all these things where there are some question marks. Um, you know, I like Darnell Mooney, but he only got three targets. Though, you know, two is affected by this as well. That Chicago and um, 49ers game was a total monsoon of like Noah in the arc proportions. And I think that really affected a lot about how that game went. So I think we kind of 
put the pause button on any San Francisco Chicago players of assessing where they are and then we'll see how they do this week before uh, making snap decisions there. But there's just a several team and player situations on my team that I feel much worse about now than I did uh, when I drafted them. Um, And I I thought I had some good, um, you know, some good research and data behind those decisions that, um, you know, at least to start the season, uh, maybe the NFL coaches don't, uh, aren't, aren't doing what it looked like they were going to do based on, you know, preseason and offseason uh, decisions and moves. Yeah. So that's a, that's we'll, a good we'll, excuse. Uh, I like that. We'll, we'll see. Let's go with that. Uh, what, what, how do you feel about your, your keeper decision in Kyle Pitts? There was some uh, shenanigans uh, <laughs> in his, uh, I'm going to go with lack of performance. He, he did come out of the gate. It looked like it was going to be a, a, a strong day for him. He was uh, lit up early on and then, I don't know, started missing the ball. I didn't watch that game. I don't feel any different about Pitts. Still still happy happy with him. Just a, a you know inefficient day. So um I expect I continue to expect better things there. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for so. clarifying your comment. Now, Chewy, <laughs> you you're feeling a little like your your strategy, having looked deep into the mirror and uh, come away with a clear truth and clarity is care. I mean, it, it's a stinging truth, but it, you know, at least you can own it and you can stand on it and say, okay, this is my strategy. I did this. So now what do you do? Uh, so now I've got a team that uh, really, I think has lots of depth to it. I've got, if I look at benches across the league, I probably have some of the higher projected scores sitting on my bench. So I know that as the season moves on and other teams start to develop, I've got some good trade bait. I've got some guys on my bench that could be decent flex plays on other teams. And maybe I can package a two for one, uh, a couple of guys that are flex plays on my bench that I can move together to grab someone with maybe a little higher upside. I've got to figure out a quarterback situation and hope that one of the two quarterbacks on my roster can uh, at least be competitive. Uh, and someone, I think if I can get competitive quarterback play, then surely I'll see some regression to the mean from Allen Robinson, from Terry McLaurin, who had a pretty awful day, but got saved by a touchdown. Uh, I think some of those things will start to to work out a little bit. I think with Chris Godwin being out, Mike Evans is going to have higher upside in that offense. Uh, so I'm not really going to uh, maybe. Uh, roll over and die after a poor week one performance, but I see that there's there are consistent performers throughout my uh, my team. Maybe not as high upside, and hopefully my consistency every week will uh, will favor me going down the stretch. And uh, hopefully, I won't have too many stinkers where I've got multiple poor performers on my team, and I have a, f- a few more weeks where everybody's scoring double digits and uh, nobody's really letting me down, and that'll be enough to. To get by and be competitive every week. Well, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to guarantee that you're going to score more points in week two than you did in week one. Right now, that's yeah. that's a podcast guarantee right there, there for you. There you go. You're welcome. And and and, and we're going to be rooting Bold. for you because we we always root for parity here. So you're going up against a one and zero Chris uh, Windsor, and so we're always hoping hoping the uh, the guys with worst records win, just because we we want everyone to be you know mashed in the middle there. That's right. uh, I, I'm going to pivot here and i do want to seth mentioned in his uh, introduction I, I do want to circle back to uh seth's 30 for 30 
uh, video of the NFL Combine, and and Chewy, you made a, an awesome cameo in that vi- video. But you were absolutely brutal, oh. just to- <laughs> to- totally savage with uh, your commentary about Seth as as a manager and his really about his desire to go on as a as a fantasy manager <laughs> and like why does he keep doing this over and over and uh, uh, just like I, I want to know a little bit of you know peel back the curtain like was that um, ad libbed was that uh, you know did Seth script that I like I, I really I, that was what going through my head of like man did Seth know Chewy was going to say this like this is awful <laughs> so. uh, well there's 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 really one mistake that Seth made uh, and that's he asked me to be a to cameo in this the very day that he was going to film it. I, I had a, a meeting with him uh, for work-related purposes that morning. He says, oh, by the way, you want to you be in this video? And I said, sure, I'm leaving campus today too. He's like, can you do before one? And so I said, okay, sure. And then he gave me about 30 seconds of here, here's the idea. Uh, we're going to have kind of this uh, combine uh, studio set up and I want you to, to talk about it. And I said, okay, so what am I doing here? Am I talking trash? Am I putting the screws to you a little bit? Uh, and he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to, you know, build this arc of I was at the top of the mountain and I came down. I'm like, eh, is that really how it worked? Uh, and, and he says, building, well, yeah, I mean, come on, like, and I'll, 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 I'll do all the self deprecating. You kind of help me build this, you know, at the top and then coming down there. And I said, okay, sure. But really the, the biggest mistake is you can't put Chris in front of a camera or on a stage and have me ad lib something unless you expect for something to go off the rails in some regard. Uh, this, like, I'm the classic fancy youth pastor, as Seth likes to say, that if you put me on stage without a script, I'll, I'll, I'll eventually toe the line uh, <laughs> before long. And so we get into the studio, and he puts me next to a character that I've known for a long time that I've worked with, who is the person in the world that is the best at drawing me off sides. Uh, If there is anybody on the face of the planet that can get me to say something absolutely out of pocket, it's Tyler, uh, who's the other guy in the video. And I looked over to Tyler right before Seth says action. I said, hey, I just need you to to ask me one thing. Just set me up. uh, Ask me for a historical comparison of this athlete to another previous athlete. And he's like, I don't even know what that means. And I said, just go with it, man. (laughs) And and that's that's the only thing that I pre-canned is I wanted to call Seth Brian Hoyer. that, that was the only thing that I had in my brain beforehand. And the, the questions just led to the logical conclusion of Seth Martin uh, has, has underachieved <laughs> relative to expectation perception. How did you feel? Um, <laughs> well, as, as you're like cutting up the video and putting yeah, it together, yeah, you probably thanks. had to watch it like 50 times. Yeah, thank you. No, it, it felt, <laughs> felt a lot like I feel right now, like just totally immersed in something I don't want to be in. Uh, it's just <laughs> 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 no, I was behind the camera and like it was all I could do to hold it together. Like I was cracking up because <laughs> I, I had I had given Tyler kind of the setting of okay, Tyler, you, like because he's you know, Chris and I, when we do videos, like we're we're doing our best to deliver lines, and and you know we're we're having fun. Tyler is actually acting; like he, the man knows how to improv. He knows how to get into character. And so I said, I was like, Tyler, I need you 
to sell that you are observing my uh, performance in this combine while also setting Chewy up to eviscerate me. Like those are the two things that you need to do. And because we really want to, we really just want to drive my shame from in, in the fall and then we'll rebuild. And the rebuild got lost in translation somewhere for both of them, obviously. And uh, I, I, I gave them an inch and they, uh, they gladly ran the mile and I couldn't, I mean, it, it was really hard not to just start cracking up, especially when Chris looks right at the camera and goes, last place. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, like he just, he looked at me and, and that was the most personal moment of the video. The rest of it is fun and games. And that was personal. And I'm just, I was cracking up and uh, I was trying not to laugh uh, too loudly so I wouldn't be on the mic. And it, it was, it, it was a, a good reminder that our league, while um, is fun and games, and at the end of the day, we're playing a game based on uh, some, you know, is it a game of skill? Is it a game of chance? Is it, who the heck knows? Like last week demonstrates doing our best, but anything can happen. At the end of the day, our league expects more. And that was a good reminder that, man, last place does suck. And you, sh- you need to shape up. And there's some, you know, there's a little truth in everything, a little truth in every humor. You know, there's, you know, sarcasm and gossip. These things are, 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 are in, in their, at their uh, foundation hurtful. It's like, you know, if I wanted to, I mean, I, I set this up, but I could be really hurt right now. <laughs> like, like, I made this and wow, no, this stings, stings a little. So it was good to have a podium turned back around on me here. Pete and I have been managing the podcast for uh, what six years now, seven years, and uh, I can edit anything out of this podcast I want. Like I have full control of what gets said here, but I didn't cut a single thing out of that uh, segment of the video. I just let it roll. I'm like, you know what? This is a good moment to turn it over. <laughs> so it was. That's all I'm going to say about that. Well, the, the end result was just high high quality and uh, is a great a great moment in the video so i uh, i also appreciate the brian hoyer comment because i live in you know texas or sorry i live in live in houston and i get a lot of you look like brian hoyer because the beard and he's kind of my body type and uh, well rather i'm kind of his body type just missing you know and the uh uh it was a great a slam that tyler made if you're not from houston you may not get the whole he's the best player that we've ever signed that dig at the texans um, but Chewy picked up another Houston Texan off the waiver wire this week and spent a good amount of his fab for him. And he's my uh, other Texan doppelganger in the form of Rex Burkhead. He's got about 50 pounds on me, but other than that, we're pretty much the same. And I was going to say, Brian Hoyer's like 6'2 and 215 pounds. I said so missing pieces. Not, he's got I'm not four really inches sure what on this me. body type comment is. <laughs> you know, tall and, and attractive and muscular is what I meant. He's, you have the same head. <laughs> there you go. Our, our headshot is similar. There you go. So body type was wrong. Head type. <laughs> we have the right, we have the same head. Whereas there Burkhead and I probably, again, head type wise, it's baldism is what it is. We're, we're bald men with beards. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yep. And, yep. uh, for that reason, uh, we're doppelgangers in everybody else's eyes. But Chewy, you picked up a strong running back. Now, is he trade bait too, or is he um, going to hit your lineup this week? You know, I don't know yet. Uh, I probably won't reveal that on a, on a Thursday on the podcast. Might have to keep some things close to the vest. But 
you know, you know, as they say, player acquisition in this league is a 365 day a year business. And if you see someone with some value that maybe you didn't expect to have some value, then you've got to get that player on your team and get them in the building and see how things shake out. Well, good for you for picking him up. Good for him for being an old timer that's relevant as a running back. Pretty cool. And uh, I, I do think uh, based on your strategy, I think that the in the inefficiency award this last week, Chewie, I, I do believe that you're going to be, I'm not going to say plagued, like your burden is start sit decisions. Like because you have all of this variable factor, you, your burden week to week is going to be start sit until you make a major trade where your bench is now dry and you don't have an option. But because of your MO, I think that you're going to, you're going to get lucky some weeks and you're going to get unlucky the rest. We'll see how that plays out. What do you think about that? Well, I think the nature of having multiple difficult starts at discuss or decisions every week is that my team is going to be more consistent. I don't think like if I were playing maybe a more studs and duds situation that that is actually increased variability week to week. And what happened week one for my team where I've got a more balanced team, I think, I think week one is an outlier uh, for a team that's constructed like mine, you would expect a a few weeks of season if my roster were constructed with maybe a more top-heavy sort of alignment, you would expect a week where you pop a 102. I, I would expect that my team is more consistently in the 130 range every week, and hopefully a few weeks I can pop a 140, 150 when I need to. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually kind of see it the other way, where I think my team is going to be more consistent and having more difficult starts to decisions is more about how do I maximize these individual matchups this week? Like who's having a, who has a good matchup against a poor defense. And maybe that's the player that's going to potentially pop that week, but everyone should have a, a higher floor on my team than what they demonstrated this week. I think that's fair. And I think time will tell, and hopefully we don't have you back on the pod <laughs> anytime soon to, to, to say I was right. But you do have a, a, a decent matchup. You're projected pretty tight this week as we head into a quick overview of what we're looking at here in week two. You are up against Chris. Uh, it is a battle of the Chris's this week. We anticipate it every year. You've got Matt Stafford in the number one hole for your QB, and he's got Jalen Hurts, which is... Uh, a very, very even projection, especially because of the defenses that each of them are up. You have Eckler in that spot. You've got Patterson in there. You're expecting more from him. Mike Evans has moved up, so you've filled a flex with one of your, uh, call them your, your bench start sits. I'm excited for the Texans-Broncos game because that that is a, a matchup that I'm interested to see who does rise to the top because I do think it's going to be kind of pass-heavy. So uh, what do you think about this breakdown right now? Well, the, the Chris Bowl just means more every single year. Uh, playing the guy in the league that got here with your name first, and so you have to go by a nickname for your entire time in the league, uh, just means a little bit more. Uh, I think being evenly projected is <laughs> we're gonna, a great... We're going to double-click uh, on that later on. Go on. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, uh, the, the projection being pretty even doesn't surprise me. Uh, I think I like Jalen Hurts a bit more than Matt Stafford. This week, I know that a tougher matchup against Minnesota probably is what evens it up and makes Jalen Hurts a little less appealing. Uh, I like my running back situation more than I like his. Uh, I'm pretty confident at the wide receiver spot. 
Uh, him starting AJ Brown is the the one thing that I, I really like AJ Brown this year and obviously had a good week one. So that that's something that if AJ Brown continues to see lots of targets and that stack of Hertz and Brown together uh, could be something that's uh, difficult to overcome for me. But overall, I think our teams are uh, both pretty strong. Uh, I think he's probably a little bit more top heavy than I am uh, just a bit. And I'm a little bit more balanced of a team. And that's why he's got an even projection. So I'm hoping that his uh, big name guys aren't going to go off this week and maybe they'll have a, a more mild performance. Well, for where my money is, I think that you'll definitely regress to the mean from your outlier and uh, my money on Chewy, Chris. Pete, what do you what say you? Uh, I think big question marks for Chris Windsor are going to be injuries to uh, T. Hayden suffered a concussion in week one. So question if he can play in week two. And then I don't think, I don't know if Kittle's going to be back this week or not either. And uh, Chris doesn't have a, a tight end on his bench yet. So he'll be scraping the waiver wire for a, a tight end if Kittle can't go. So those, those would be big factors in, uh, in this matchup. And um, it could lead to, you know, a, a overall lower scoring um, day for for Chris and you know across the league as we see how those injuries shake out. Um, we you know week one across our league we didn't have very many close matchups. We didn't have anything going into Sunday night or Monday night to really watch for in terms of who got the highest score in the lead or who was going to win a particular matchup. Everything was pretty much decided. So hoping as we go into week two we get some uh, some closer matchups and uh, a little more drama as we go into those primetime games. Is that always is uh, a lot of fun. All right, Chewy. Well, thank you for joining us on the air this morning for braving the podcast and for genuinely understanding that there is no podcast curse. There's no statistics or or proofs that back it up. It is strictly lore. It has never had any kind of impact on anybody's fantasy football performance in the history of the podcast. And I feel like we've successfully avoided pandering here, uh, which is is great. I, I hate having that charge on my ledger. And so as I head off, I just want to say, I hate my team. I'm going to lose every game this year. I'm really disappointed that I'm going to have to film a combine video next year. I hope it lives up to sets. <laughs> Perfect side off, sir. <laughs> happy weekend, fellas. Yeah. Happy weekend. All right. I think we can be friends again after that. That was a good, good recovery. All right, Pete, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what the rest of our week to, uh, week two matchups are looking like? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into uh, the individual matchups um, too much in terms of you know, uh, player-by-player breakdowns, but yep. um, you, know, you and I are going against each other. Yes, we are. Uh, you know, and so one of us is, is going to be 0-2. As, as the kids call it. <laughs> one of us is going to be 0-2, and, and I, uh, I hope it's not me. So we'll uh, – but we're i mean projection is going to be closer uh, or decimal points uh off of each other right now so uh that one to watch of who's going to be oh and two um there and then um across the uh rest of the league we've got charles and jared who both had very strong week one performances they're in the uh top three uh charles number one jared number three of mm-hmm. points scored yep. and so they're going against each other and so uh you know one of them will be Two and zero. The other one, uh, thankfully, will have to come back down to earth yep. a little bit. And if the TNR bowl weren't a thing this week, I think that might be my game of the week. But since you know this is our podium on our platform, obviously. Yeah. And then uh, Scott and Jared Fleming also are one and zero and going against each other. And so um, it's good to see that 
we will have two teams that are two and zero, but uh, we'll also get, uh, you know at least a little bit more mm-hmm. equal uh, spread across, and then um, everyone else could theoretically uh, we could have two two no teams, one zero and two team everywhere else. We could have uh, teams that are one and one. So. Um, We'll, uh, we'll be looking for that. Um, right now, the rest of the matchups are not that close uh, in terms of projection. Um, Derek is favored over Michael. Brian's favored over Brock. Um, and so uh, there's pretty big difference in those. Um, Standing quickly to see if anyone has any, you know, plays in any yep. a- a- empty spots. Yep. Um and I don't, I don't see any. So it looks like that's that's where things sit right now. Yeah. So um, that could change as we head into the weekend and some guys start to pay attention to the team and be like, oh, I need to swap out my defense or, or whatever and did a, did a better defense mm-hmm. in there. So that could happen. But um, it'll be, uh, I think what we learned in week one is we don't know quite as much as we thought we knew. And so I think these, uh, even with the projections, um, may not be uh, something we can totally rely on at this point. And uh, they'll probably get better as the season goes on. But right now, still anyone's ball game, even when you're a you know 12-point underdog. That is the case. And you mentioned something earlier this week that I want to touch on right as we're landing this plane. And that is Derek's high score and yet bad scheduling. Is this, is he, is he branded? Is it stuck? What does he have to do to shake this? As, as the keeper of the schedule. It's 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 one week, right? You know, so it had one week, but it was definitely some flashbacks to. I just remember how bad 2020 was mm-hmm. for him, where he kept putting up consistently good scores and being bested. Um, I did think it funny when I went back to look at 2020 and, and the the game log. He never he had never faced the guy who scored the most points in the week um, that season, which shocked me because yeah. he had so many points against him, and uh, it happened so often that he was. Um, you know, had a good score and lost anyway. Well, that's what made um, it so, so bad was that he had a great yeah. score and then some anomaly. Like it, it wasn't the top score of the week; it was just a fluke that he yeah. lost to the second highest score. Like I, yeah. I think and, that and, made it and, worse. And the, the really hard part about having those you know big scores is that it's like you don't know if you're going to get another one like that. Uh-huh. I mean, um, for him, Mahomes scored forty; that could happen again. Sure. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey scored twenty-six; that could happen again, but. You know, Antonio Gibson scored 20. His kicker scored 18. Right. You you don't know if you're going to get those performances again. You don't know, like, was this my week to score a bunch of points? And I, I you know, I didn't win the top score of the week. I, I didn't, you know, did, did a win in the uh, win-loss column. So um, you, you, you never know. It, just, sometimes when the timing doesn't line up, that can be really frustrating because he, he, next week he might – uh, score 115 and you know, I'll lose to someone's scores 120. And it's like, ah, if I could only swap those weeks, uh, but uh, you can't do it. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> That's the way the, the friggin' cookie crumbles, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it right here. It's the greatest fantasy football league in the world, and this is its podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in tonight.